Welcome back into the On Deck Circle podcast. We begin a new season today, season two. And just a reminder to those of you who may be newer to the podcast, this is a baseball podcast because both my co-host and I believe baseball to be the best sport out there. Yes, it is. It's better than football. It's better than basketball. Well, it's definitely better than basketball. I mean, pretty much anything. I mean, even NASCAR is better than basketball. And uh, we're just two guys who enjoy talking baseball. Yes. We talk baseball a lot. We love the game of baseball. And we thought to ourselves, hey, we should have a podcast where we just have common everyday banter about baseball. We are not insiders. We're not necessarily journalists. But we do enjoy baseball, and we enjoy some of the storylines and some of the things that take place throughout the baseball year. The, we, we're, we're over a year old now. We are we are living room fanatics. We are living we are living room fanatics. Exactly. MLB TV connoisseurs. I'm not getting paid yet by MLB to do this podcast. Are you? Uh, that's classified information. So as as far as we know, we are not, <laughs> like you said, we are not insiders. We are not being compensated by this. Our podcast hasn't even been monetized yet. It is purely for your enjoyment and our enjoyment. Exactly. We enjoy talking baseball, and hopefully you enjoy us talking baseball. These are conversations that we would have exactly. regardless we just have a microphone. We in just happen to have a microphone and we're sharing it with whoever wants to listen. That's right. That's right. So, so. fasten your seatbelts for another amazing season of not just baseball, but of the On Deck Circle podcast. Uh, we are going to, though this is our first episode of the new season, we're not going into our uh, lineup yet of no. items, agenda items. Spring training is still in its infancy stages. Yes. And there have been some notable signings and some other notable things that have taken place. And so we just want to talk through those and talk through some other things that have come up in the wide world of baseball. And hopefully you'll enjoy that and uh, consider subscribing and following us and sharing this podcast with your friends. We, as many friends, as many people that want to listen to this as possible, we would, we'd love to have you tune in and join us for the 2024 baseball season. And with all that being said, Alex. Yes. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Yes. Position players have reported. Games have started. Games have started. You know, that that made my weekend this past week. Have you tuned in <laughs> and watched some spring training baseball? Maybe social media hasn't drawn attention to this yet, but there have been several teams that have been, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys in camp, right? Yep. And, uh, but they've been, t social media has been highlighting some of the dugouts around the league. <laughs> And I think one in particular was the Phillies. And it just seemed like it was like standing room only in the dugout. Like there were no seats to be had. There was like, it seemed like there was like 70 guys in the dugout. I mean, that's spring training baseball. I mean, a lot of guys are getting in. If you look at these um, box scores and, you know, the, the lineup cards after all the substitutions are made, just dozens of guys are getting in on both sides of the ball. Pitchers, uh, position players. I mean, all sorts of, it just... I mean, that's spring training for you, which it's, is crazy. So. It's pretty much the everybody plays, everybody wins stage of professional <laughs> exactly, baseball. Exactly. Exactly. There are some things I really love about spring training baseball. First, like you said, the number of players who play. Yes. Uh, most of the professionals are played sparingly this time of year. Yes. Starting pitchers, they pitch an inning or two, 30, 40 pitches, bullpen guys, they're getting work, lineup guys. You know, your, your stars are getting two at-bats maybe per game. Yeah. And you're even getting some split squad games. Yep. 
other leagues. You know, we have the Grapefruit League going on, which is Florida, and then we got the Cactus League, which is out in Arizona, and they're playing oh, yeah. each other. And, and, and the other thing that I love is the smaller, more intimate crowd setting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of these baseball fields hold like 8,000 people tops. Yes, and uh, and, it, and I give I give the teams a lot of credit. Like I was looking, it was I think it was the Yankees. Uh, they were on. I know that I'm a Tigers fan. I've said that on the podcast before. I know Lakeland's done a lot of work, but these the teams do a lot. They do an, a nice job of. I mean, these are nice facilities, but they're intimate facilities. It's a you know think of a, think of the nicest minor league park you've been to. It's not like if you go out to the game, it's not like you're sitting you know at the little league field and like a metal bleacher or something. Like these are nice facilities. So if you know people make it a point to go down to Florida at this time of year in order to take in baseball, and it's a genuinely cool experience. It is. And the other so, thing I love is the uh, the seating areas out in the outfield. Yes. So most spring training complexes don't have seats in the outfield. No. You bring a blanket or you bring some chairs. Yes. And you bring, you, you BYOS, bring your own seats for yes. spring training baseball. Exactly. So there, there's a simplicity to spring training baseball. Yeah. That is just really cool that like you really don't see in base or you really don't see in football. Yeah. And you really don't even see in basketball. Like no. you're outside in beautiful Florida weather in the middle of winter. Right preparing going back to basics yeah i mean i you know different teams are working on different things that they want to make sure and emphasize this year whether that's pitching or base running or bunting or hitting yes this is where everybody goes back to the basics yes and it's super cool it is uh back to the basics but stats are still being collected and people still freak out in a positive direction or a negative direction, depending on how people perform. And somehow I have a feeling you have examples of both extremes. Well, it's interesting. Uh, so I, I, there are some guys that are ripping the cover off the ball in like just a very limited sample size. And I'm familiar. I, I don't even know if this guy's going to make the team. He probably isn't. Are you familiar with Aramis Garcia? I'm not. A catcher in the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, he's not making the team. Not as long as Garrett Stubbs and JT Romero. I understand that, there. but so far in spring training in three games, he is five for seven with a so it's a seven fourteen average with an OPS over two thousand. Sounds like that guy for the Blue Jays last year that you were all in love oh, with, Davis Schneider. Davis Schneider, Davis and then he Schneider? had his come back down to earth party. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, neither here nor there. He's ripping the cover off the ball. I do want to highlight one guy in particular. Uh, this individual had a rough season last year. He not only had a rough season on the field, but he had a rough season on my fantasy team. Uh, he announced a couple weeks Wait, ago. Wait, isn't that pretty much everybody on your fantasy team last <laughs> year? My fantasy team did not do well. Uh, he announced a couple weeks ago that he is excited to make a run at a ring. He wants to win the ring, which we all want to win the ring. But he Cody Bellinger? He this is Alec Manoa. <laughs> Alec Manoa a couple years ago, you know, he took the world by storm and third was third place in the Cy Young yeah, voting. Was just phenomenal, you know, was a catalyst for my rotation in fantasy baseball. And then last year, uh, he came into the 2023 season not in the best shape of his life. Oh, uh, hold on. So so let's preface. So so when you say that he was a catalyst in your rotation, yeah. your rotation had Framber Valdez. Yes. It had uh, several other notable starters. So it's not like Alec Manoa was one among scrubs. No. 
he was a stud in your fantasy starting rotation yeah. among other studs. So my hope was that he was going to be the anchor in a positive way, but with his weight issues, he turned out just to be an anchor and uh, wasn't great. Anyway, so he ended up going up and down anyway, but he supposedly you know, figured out his velocity issues, and he had his first start of the spring training season just the other day, and according to reports, his velocity was up. Uh, he was throwing mid-90s, uh, which is he hasn't thrown that hard in a while. Uh, however, though, he made it a inning and two-thirds, which isn't surprising. I mean, that's usually how outings go in spring training. But he gave up four runs. He hit three batters. Looks like vintage Manoa. And I'm no mathematician. No one would ever accuse me of that. But 17 of 38 pitches went for strikes. As far as I know, that's less than 50%. It is less than 50%. And so, uh, he wants a ring, but it seems like Alec Manoa's got a little bit of work left to do. If he's going to, one, be a contributing factor uh, in that rotation, I know I have to declare my keepers for this next uh, fantasy baseball season. And uh, let's just put it this way. Alec Manoa is a question mark right now. So <laughs> we'll see. But so, anyway. Th- and what you bring up with these stats, whether it's yeah. – uh, or Emma Garcia, or whether it's Alec Manoa, there's a discussion this time of year regarding the the seriousness with which you take spring training action. Right. Because it's spring training. I mean, you know, you're going up against single A, double A, triple A pro talent. Certain times are going to be like you're just going to be raking. Yep. Other times you might not be raking. So if somebody's having a really great spring training, how much stock do you put in that? If somebody's having a really bad spring training, how much stock do you put in that? There's varying opinions. Well, it's interesting. You like, for example, like, okay, Juan Soto has played two games so far in limited action. He's he's two for four. He hit a home run. He's got five RBIs. And somebody would read that like, Juan Soto's locked in. He's ready to go. Like, you know, he, he, he's ready to go north. Let's start opening day. I mean, he's had four at-bats. And Brian Servin, who is in three games, three for five with a home run, eight RBIs. He's batting 600. He's got an ER, uh, OPS over 2,200. Does he play for the Yankees? The Toronto Blue Jays. Oh. And you're like, well, he's going to be the backup catcher probably. So it's like we're immediately going to like overreact and underreact depending on who it is. But there are guys who are going to have phenomenal spring trainings and it's not they're not going to make the team. And so that's all to say like, there's so much more going on in spring training because I just know as a young fan, I'm like, why is that guy not making the team? Like there are things, there's evaluations taking place that are far deeper than just like the results on the field. Exactly. And so, which is why, you know, when my Tigers get blown out 22 to 14 or 22 to 11 or whatever it was. Wait, was that um, a Lions score or a Tiger <laughs> exactly. score? And the and the shortstop boots the ball into right field. And you're like, how does uh, that even yes. happen? Ah, uh, yes. We're not judging the results based off of that. Where apparently there's evaluations that are taking place elsewhere. Um that the, that the casual fan like myself might be like, man, that guy needs to be, you know, on the opening day roster. He needs to be in the starting lineup. He needs to be starting in second base. And no, there's other things that are being looked at that aren't necessarily like, what are they doing on the field per se? My favorite thing in spring training is the overhype that yep. stars going to new teams get. Yes. So, for example, the overhype is in overdrive in Los Angeles. 
Yamamoto is going to win the Cy Young, right? Yamamoto has already won the Cy Young for 2024. Shohei has won Comeback Player of the Year and MVP. And he's led the National League is in it, home runs. Is it possible? That's a great question. Is it possible for the reigning MVP to win Comeback Player of the Year? <laughs> I don't know. But, <laughs> it, it, you know, the overhype is real. I mean, everything. Oh, Shohei. Shohei's making his debut. Yeah. And he homers and like everybody just goes crazy. Yes. Like, all right, pump the brakes. It's spring training. The season doesn't even start for another month. A lot can happen between now and then. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Overhype is real. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, there's been video of um, what's it? It's forkball or something like that. Yamamoto's forkball that he throws or a splitter. It's nasty. My gosh. Like the Texas Rangers were just baffled. They were baffled indeed. by that. Speaking of the Texas Rangers, uh, the Texas Rangers, uh, the, the World Series defending champion, Texas Rangers. I took a picture of something on my phone. here. I'm going to bring it up here because it's like I there's their off season couple their end of last season coupled their off coupled with their off season coupled with some like storylines that are coming out of uh, spring training. It just makes you nervous. So this was the headline yesterday on injury updates for uh, the MLB. Evan Carter, stud rookie, yep. Josh Young, Corey Seager, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and Tyler Malley are all listed as, you know, some of those are long-term injuries. Some of those are new injuries. So Carter, who's their stud. You Got know, a forearm issue, I think. Yeah. And so he's he's day-to-day, which forearm not, contusion not the end of the world but it's something that you do you know you don't want to necessarily see too much of young experienced left calf discomfort on february 16th which like what even is that like i mean i went point, for a walk this morning and my calf had a little bit of discomfort exactly in it, but i'm not on the il like i'm i'm gutting out the work day here like can josh young play through it i don't you know. know those of you those of you who have blue collar labor jobs Yes. Which of you would be able to call into work and say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm experiencing a little tightness in my hamstring. And the boss be like, don't worry. Take the next two weeks off. Right. We'll pay you for it. Right. Come back when you're 100% healthy. Exactly. Uh, Corey Seager underwent uh, surgery on uh, January 30th to repair a hernia. Sports hernia. Uh, Jacob deGrom began playing catch again on February 12th. Maybe he's coaching his son's T-ball league. That is just so sad. I mean, Jacob DeGrom. I mean, that brother just... Max Scherzer's still coming back Scherzer's from Scherzer's coming back. Malley, he's uh, coming back from Tommy John. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of guys listed on that injury report uh, for the Rangers. And again, they'll probably figure it out and put it together. But it's like, that's not the momentum you want to see uh, this early in spring training. Well, to your point, there's really no momentum that you need right now. Right. Because... Right. You're not going to be playing meaningful baseball, quote unquote, until September. Well, so you don't yeah. want to be like, you know, you. there are some people who are like, yeah, we don't really want DeGrom and Scherzer coming back until after the all-star break. And I get that. Like, right. there's, there's a fine line. And we've talked about this before. There's a fine line between blowing the socks off of everybody right now and then fading later in the season, well, especially for the Rangers. I mean, think about the Rangers for a second. You look at that division and you're like, okay, we're not worried about Oakland at all. Not right now. Probably not ever. <laughs> but we're not worried about Oakland. Shohei's left the Angels. So we're like, we're not really worried about the Angels. Trout's still there, but, you know. The Astros see. are all collectively one year older than yep. they were last year. Except you're Don. He's okay. the timeless wonder. And so if I'm sitting here 
And I'm like, if I'm Julio Rodriguez and I'm the Seattle Mariners, I'm like, we've got to stake ourselves to a lead in this division. This is your year. We, <laughs> our MO has always been, we like to hang with the pack and then like we're on the outside looking in when it comes down to it. No, no, no. Like if I'm the Mariners, you better like peg yourself to a five, six game lead as early as you can. Uh, in this division and make a run at it because the the Rangers are going to get a whole bunch of people healthy and um, anyway, hopefully, but we'll see what hopefully. happens. But yeah, anyway, it's good discussion there. All right, so some other some other notable things that are going on here in MLB, uh, along with a new baseball season, there have been new uniforms released. Oh boy! And those have not been without controversy. They are supposedly more breathable. Yes. Uh, better fitting. They want to bring fans closer to the game, just overall. And these uniforms, in their own way, kind of bring fans closer to the players. Maybe in a way that was not expected. There's some uh, there's some pictures that you probably want to look up on social media if, when you're away from your children. Or maybe not. Of stretching going on on some of these fields. And there's not a lot left to the imagination. We'll just say that. What's the difference between wearing a burlap sack and the new uniform? Aren't we all supposed to wear cups, by the way? I thought that was like a thing like they start in Little League. Like, aren't you supposed to be wearing cups? There's a lot of stuff being shown off. No, catchers. <laughs> catchers wear cups. Regular Sometimes players Sometimes shortstops and second basemen do, but outfielders typically don't. I mean, can you imagine diving for a ball and taking a cup? Like, no way. I don't want that. That's true. That's a good point. But anyway... Uh, what were they thinking? That's the question here. Like, what was MLB thinking? Why do you have to mess with a good thing? Like, the uniforms, by and large, were as good as they've ever been. Just ask Spencer Strider and Walker Bueller. They loved their uniforms. Oh, those guys are jacked. <laughs> Never miss leg day. No, but it's just like, but seriously, like, was what was the problem here? Were, were, the, were the players clamoring? If so, we watched all last season. We didn't hear anything about them like, oh, these are very breathable. No, I think so. So these new uniforms came out in the All-Star game. They used these new uniforms as kind of like a test thing in the All-Star game. And from what I remember, the players the loved them. Well, there were several players that were raving about them and were like, oh, we love these. They're so breathable, so nice, whatever. Because they're probably well endowed and they're showing off. And their- so and so everybody was like, OK, fine. We're going to run with these uniforms. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's definitely some quality control that's been lacking in the production of these. Yeah. Uh, like you said, there are some um, questionable pictures taken of, I mean, even even something just as simple as being able to see how long the jersey is that's tucked into the pants. Yeah, you shouldn't have to see that. You like, don't need to see that. That's tacky, dude. Well, and even like even like something aesthetically, like they've totally screwed up names on the back of the jersey. And even like the color modifications, right? Like the Oreo orange is now like a bright, like fluorescent orange. Yeah. And there's been some complaints about that. There's been some other nuancing with the color specificity of the uniforms. Exactly. That the that some of the teams have been like, oh, we don't really like the way these look. You got a jersey over Christmas. I got one of the old jerseys. I was gonna say, is it old old model or new model? It is. It's a Trey Turner specialty. Nice. What do you? I, what, what, how does it? I mean, how does it wear? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Well, I will wear it into the podcast one day and let you be the judge of that. I like it. Very good. But yeah, so I just feel like, you know, that sometimes professional sports overthinks things and it's like we got to constantly be adapting, constantly be tweaking. And 
it seems like they tweak too much here and now over tweak. Now we're left. Now we're left with just a, a really bad product. Rags. And now you have to now. I mean, I want to be focused on what's going on in the game, but now I'm just going to, if I get distracted, I might just be looking to see, Hey, what can I see here? Like, let's, uh, <laughs> there might be a whole new demographic. Viral? There might be a whole new demographic of people that get into the game of baseball for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. And what we don't need MLB, MLB TV, what we don't need is blurred out baseball players all over the field blocking PG-13 content. <laughs> That's what we don't need. And so whatever we got to do to avoid that. Maybe I'm ski pants. <laughs> maybe maybe we should bring <laughs> exactly. back ski pants for MLB players. Exactly. Oh, I am excited about my Tigers getting a City Connect uniform, though. That is also something that was that was discussed in recent weeks. Uh, the cities getting City Connect uniforms this year. The ball clubs getting City Connect uniforms this year were announced. I know it's just episode one, but can I get my soapbox out? <sighs> Fine. I'm not. I mean, okay. I'm not a child. I don't try to be a child, but this is going to sound childish. You're like 36 years old. Exactly. I'm going to I'm a sound childish, though. The Tigers, the Phillies are getting City Connect uniforms for the first time. Oh, yeah. I was surprised to see the Dodgers on the list of teams getting City Connect uniforms. Did you see their City Connect uniforms? Los Dodgers. They're garbage. That's not my fault. That's not my fault. That's not anybody's fault, but whoever helped them develop those. I'm I'm sorry you botched it with the deep royal sea blue with the low Dodgers on it. Like that's fine. Let us enjoy our City Connect uniforms for the first time before you start going around giving teams second City Connect uniforms. But I get it. They're Shohei Otani. They're probably going to have Shohei's face, right? They're probably some of the Japanese flag with Yamamoto and Shohei Otani and whatever. <laughs> Instead of Los Dodgers, it's going to be like... The Japanese characters for Dodgers? Yeah, it's going to be like Sayonara Dodgers or something like that is what they're going to, you know. Anyway, I just like... I. I get the Dodgers are getting preferential treatment because, you know, they've got, you know, a billion and a half payroll and, you know, all stars for days. But it's like, come on, we've been waiting patiently for our City Connect uniforms. And now you're already taking them around the, you know, around the you know, lap again with their second uniform. I'm like, come on, come on. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Right, my away. soapbox is, is coming out. Okay. Question for you. Have we had a Spencer Torkelson torque bomb sighting yet? Yes. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And I couldn't be happier. Um, Spencer, was it over the second baseman's head? Uh, it was over the fence. It was a two-run bomb, I believe. And so uh, Torkelson, just FYI. He's going he, to win, like, most improved player award. He's having a pretty decent – he's only played – he's only had three at-bats. He's two for three, though, with a <laughs> – Actually, no, he doesn't have a home run. I thought he did. I thought he had a home run the other day. Did not. Evidently, he didn't. Never mind. Okay, I take that back. A pop-up to the second baseman has, does not count as a home run. He has not hit a home run yet, although I swear I read that the other day he did. But anyway, regardless, he's having a pretty good spring so far in limited action. There's a couple other notable free agents that yes. have been signed. Yes. Uh, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery are not two of those people. They still remain okay. unsigned. How? So weird. The reports surrounding Blake Snell are just shocking because it's like ev like every day it seems like today is the day he's signing with the Yankees and he just do he doesn't. It's and interesting so. because Snell has been linked to the Yankees. Montgomery has been linked to the Red Sox. Yes. 
I don't think either of those signings are starters for for either of those clubs, though. Like, neither one of those signings pushes them into the AL East conversation. Do you? I mean, if I'm Snell the Yan- on the Yankees, if I mean, I'm, if I'm Snell the Yan- Cole, if I'm if I'm if I'm the Yankees, I'd want Snell personally. But I don't know if there's anybody the Red Sox could sign that's going to move them into contenders in the in the East. But I, I will say the reporting on this has been terrible. If he doesn't end up signing with the Yankees, the Blake Snell stuff will either be like the the worst gaslighting in history or it's like, you know, it's just like, because how could you get this so wrong? I mean, it's just a matter of like, we got to work out the fine print in the contract or whatever. But again, to your point earlier, you know what you're going to get paid probably at this point, even for limited action. And Say you miss the first month of the season. Say you miss the first two months of the season, and you're a free agent deadline, you know, acquisition midsummer. I'm not, you know, if I'm Blake Snell, I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing in the world. And um, if you're at, if you're at this point, you haven't signed. Um, it's you know, you're probably, I don't, you probably won't make opening day. Why would you not just wait? see how the season starts and then pick the team you want to go to as the season unfolds. And you're like, Hey, yeah, I'll go ahead and join the, you know, whatever teams, the the Reds are making a run for it or whatever. You know, I don't know. Something like that. Speaking of the Reds, Joey Votto remains unsigned. He wants to be signed too. He, uh, he's put some stuff out on social media, some videos, and he seems sad that he's not in spring training somewhere. (laughs) I, I, again, that's a testament to the Reds and the maybe the optimism they have going into the season. The fact that, you know, your potential Hall of Fame all-time career, you know, just like career player with Joey Votto, it's like, sorry, we don't have room for you this year. Like, yeah. we kind of carried you around last year, but we're actually trying to do some things this year. So. so we have uh, several things that did come up, though. So Cody Bellinger re-signed with the Cubs, three years, $80 million. Yes. That's pretty um, noteworthy for the Cubs. Yeah. Definitely puts them in contention now for the NL Central. Yeah. Um, getting him back was a good piece to add. Yes. Um, the signing of the offseason that has gone under the radar, in my opinion, is the Philly signing Whit Merrifield. The super utility man. I mean, like, you talk about a player that fits into a club. I don't know that it gets much better than this. Like, the Phillies need someone who can play the outfield, play the infield, not be super picky about starting, a good bat, maybe yeah. be able to be valuable to the clubhouse, and a decent person. And Whit Merrifield checks all those boxes and more. Like, yeah. he... He's one of one of the top three people since 2017 with the most hits. Yeah. Only followed by Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner. Yeah. So like the He's Phillies. the Javi Baez of the National League now. No, no, <laughs> don't even. He's a good guy. I mean, like yeah. he, he's a great hitter. Great yeah. clubhouse guy. Yeah, bats. He doesn't strike out a lot. I mean, he just he's a, he's a good player. Yeah, and, and so, they got him for one year and eight million dollars, and he came there because he wants to win. Like yeah. he was like, I love the clubhouse atmosphere. I love the sports. I love the Philly sports fans. I want to win. Yeah, and like those are the kind of people that you want on your roster. Like not like, oh yeah, we're gonna make a difference here. Yeah, sure, whatever. Like yeah. running oh. out the clock on my, you know on my career or whatever yeah. like he's gonna be a con- i think dave dombrowski and his when they presented him it's like you know 
he knows his, uh, I think it's been communicated to him what his role is going to be. And he's one of those guys that even though he's not a starter could play the majority of a week at different positions. Absolutely. I mean like, and it's a great, it's great for the Phillies because they have a couple question marks in the outfield. Exactly. And you would much rather have Whit Merrifield out in the outfield than Kyle Schwarber. Yes. And so this allows that to happen. If, if uh, Rojas or Pache uh, don't make the team, you have a backup outfielder who could also be a backup infielder and do anything except catch and pitch. Exactly. Exactly. Do you know, uh, let's see, Whit Merrifield. Um, how many career hits does he have? I think he's in like the 1800 range. 1700 1184 okay but he's a career 284 batting average which is great that's great i mean he's not this is the he's not going to be a hall of famer but he's just he's been a quality big leaguer his whole way and so uh even last year and what would have been probably a down year for him he batted 272 um had 11 home runs had a positive war. I mean, it's. I mean, he's he's the guy you want if you're going to have a platoon player. Why not have Whit Merrifield? And so, yeah. I, yeah, very impressed with that. Any other things that stood out to you regarding free agency signings? Uh, not a whole lot. Again, I'm you know just hoping. I, I your, don't. Your wish came true. Kike Hernandez went back to the Dodgers. Oh, he did. <laughs> One year deal. Uh, uh, he's back. Keston Hira is a Detroit Tiger. <laughs> that doesn't do anything for me. I, I'm uh, I'm excited. I, I'm excited for opening day. Um, it's you know it's you know I, I'm I'm intrigued with some of these names that are still floating out there that need to be signed. But uh, yeah, it's spring training is exciting, but it's also something you got to get through to get to the real thing. And so absolutely. And, and so, so just, pump the brakes. Kind of, yeah. Pump the brakes on Chris sale, winning the Cy Young Braves fans. But he, he may or may not, but he looked nasty though. He looks good. <laughs> now. His first simple starts, I mean, but there's was, a lot of arms and legs that got to stay healthy. Oh, there, there are, there are, but I was very impressed uh, with Chris sale. Um, well, in the future weeks of our podcast, we will start previewing the full MLB season and uh, picking our division winners and playoff winners and World Series winner, looking ahead and to some of the position awards and making predictions about who we think is going to win some of the awards at the end of the upcoming season. Uh, we'll also preview the Korean baseball series that'll be between the Dodgers and Padres. That's coming up. A lot of exciting things, and so we look forward to coming back to you hopefully each week with exciting conversation about Major League Baseball. Do you know what we're 100 days away from? I saw the headline today. The All-Star Game? No, but it's something that affects you as a Phillies fan. The London series. Oh. London, baby. It's, uh, yeah, London we series. We are taking baseball global. Yeah, so we literally, Korea, London, is there, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to play probably in Mexico City at some point this next year. I mean, uh, they're down south sure. somewhere. Anyway, I just, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to see um, the Korean series kicks off the season. And so that'll be happening um, in just probably a couple, in just a few weeks. And so uh, we sit here on Leap Day. Happy Leap Day, by the way. We are sitting here on Leap Day. We, we will not be able to do this again for another four years. No. Record a podcast on no. Leap Day. Do you think we'll be monetized by then? 
Potentially. In the next week. We could day. be ruling the world by then. Yeah. Maybe we'll be color commentators for the Phillies or something. But anyway. Nah, probably Tigers is more like it. They got Ben Attendee, dude. Ben Attendee. Not Ben Attendee. Uh, but uh, whatever his name is. Anyway, this is fun. It is fun. Season two is underway. Season two in the bank. Yeah. Did and you think uh, we were going to make it season two? I, you know, our ability to get to season two was never in question from my mind. You're an optimistic guy. I am a very much glass half full kind of guy. Well, here's to an exciting season two. A lot of baseball, a lot of banter. Raise, and, um, raise a bottle of red Gatorade. And I promise ooh, if ooh, ooh. I promise this, I will storm out of the studio. If in three weeks when we do our predictions, if it's just a bunch of Dodgers nonsense sprinkled with a bunch of Phillies nonsense, I will be out of here. So anyway, well, we'll be back next week. And until then, <laughs> we're out of here.